Again, I'm glad to see everybody here tonight. It is a great opportunity that we have to come to the house of the Lord. Uh, and I look at it as I get to as well. And I'm thankful for that tonight. If y'all would stand with me as we read Psalm 126. Um, and you can see right under the title, this would be a song of degrees. This, uh, they would have uh, sang this song as they were headed up to the temple. They said that this, this would have been the seventh step as they're going up. They would read this passage of Scripture. But it says this in Psalm 126, When the Lord turned again the captivity of Zion, we were like them that dream. Then was our mouth filled with laughter and our tongue with singing. Then said they among the heathen, The Lord hath done great things for them. The Lord hath done great things for us, whereof we are glad. Turn again our captivity, O Lord, as the streams in the south. They that sow in tears shall reap in joy. He that goeth forth and weepeth, bearing precious seed, shall doubtless come again with the rejoicing, bringing his sheaves with him. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Lord, we're thankful for another opportunity just to be able to come to your house tonight. God, thank you for each one that's here. God, I realize that nobody's here by chance or by mistake, but everybody's here by divine purpose. God, I pray, Lord, that you would just speak through your passage of Scripture here tonight. And God, I pray, Lord, that you would be uplifted in everything that's done or said. Bless Brother Keith tonight as he teaches, and God, that you would just help him and be with Beulah's Vacation Bible School. God, that you would just help them. We'll praise you and thank you for what you're going to do in Jesus' name. Amen. You can be seated. Um, I'll give you a couple of thoughts the Lord just gave me as I was sitting here looking at this passage of Scripture, and we'll be done here. But uh, when you look at the first verse, when the Lord turned again the captivity of Zion, we were like them that dreamed. The first thing I want you to notice is you see a deliverance. How many of you remember the day when the Lord took your captivity and turned it into deliverance? I do. Amen. That's a, that is a great day. And as they're going up to the temple, the children of Israel would look back and start singing these songs. And, and the Lord wanted them to remember those days, to remember the days that they were bound, that they were, that they were struggling, that they were in trouble. And, and then he also wanted them to remember the day that they had been delivered. I hope you remember that day. Um, I don't know about you guys, but the day that you got saved, what did you do? Did you call and tell everybody? I did. What's changed since then to now? What changed? You changed? God changed? I don't think God changed. It says in the Bible that He is the same yesterday, today, and forever, right? But we change. I don't know why we're still not excited like we were the day that we got delivered. We need to remember that. That's what, that's what part of this psalm is trying to teach us to do, is reminisce and, and think about those things. Look at verse 2. It says, Then was our mouth filled with laughter, and our tongue was singing. Why? Because they remembered they had been delivered. There's a, not only is there a deliverance in verse 1, but there's a delight in verse 2. There should be praise in God's people. You realize that tonight? People that are lost and have no hope ought to be able to see some delight in you. We ought to be the happiest people that live today. If you've been saved, you have nothing to be down about. 
Amen? Tonight, we need to realize and we need to begin to praise Him again. You say, why should we do that? It says this, the next, the next little passage there says, Then said they among the heathen, the Lord hath done great things for them. Do y'all realize that when God blesses, even the unsaved people see it? Do y'all realize that? When God is blessing you, even unsaved people see that. And you know what that does for them? They start wondering, why, I wonder why they're so happy why, what are they so excited about? What do, what do they have going on? That's why it's so important for us to every chance that we get to give praise and honor to glory to God. And we need to be, every time that we have the opportunity, we need to give our testimony. Your testimony is the greatest thing that you have. Do you realize that? I, it, I love to hear everybody's testimony, and I always am excited when Jason or somebody asks, does anybody have a testimony here tonight? Because you never know what God has done in somebody's life this week. And you know what it does? A lot of times in my heart, it helps me get through the rest of the week hearing what God did for somebody else. And I always like to hear what God did for somebody else, but I like it even more when God does it for me. Isn't it always better when God does it for you? We can't live through somebody else. I mean, we, it's exciting to hear what they've done, but it's always more exciting when God does it for us. And that's why it's so important for you to share your testimony because it's personal. It's something that happened to just you that in that specific way, and you've got to share that and tell others about it. Why? So that even the heathen will see the great things that the Lord has done. In verse 3, you see a declaration. The Lord hath done great things for us. Don't you think we could just say that tonight? And that would be enough right there, wouldn't it? Amen. We could leave here tonight saying, The Lord hath done great things for us. If you woke up this morning, God did a great thing for you. If you were able, you were healthy enough to come to church tonight, God done a great thing for you. If you were able to go and work today, God did a great thing for you. If you had food on your table to eat today, God did a great thing for you. But even more than that, if you've been saved in your life, God has done an amazing thing for you. Amen? That is something that we could be excited about, and we need to declare that and tell it to everybody. And it says, whereof we are glad. But what does the devil want us to do? He wants us to get focused on all the things that's going on in this world, and he wants you to look and listen to the news. He wants you to, to turn on the radio and just listen to stuff that just gets you beat down. And then the next thing you know, you're sitting over here in the corner going, I don't even know why we go to church. I don't understand why we read our Bible. I don't understand why we should pray if it's all going to be this bad. But when we get our eyes and we get our focus back on God and we realize the great things that he has done for us, we can be glad. Amen? So verse 4 says this, Turn again our captivity, O Lord, as the streams in the south. He's got a desire here in verse 4, a desire that he would turn it around, turn their captivity around. Look at verse 5, They that sow in tears shall reap in joy. Now how many of you have heard the statement, you reap what you sow, right? Pretty much everybody in here has heard that statement. But what he's talking about here, they that sow in tears shall reap in joy. How many, when was the last time that you got burdened over a friend or a family member or a coworker that was lost that it burdened you enough that it put tears in your, into your eyes? 
When was the last time that ever happened? Some of you, it may not have ever happened. Some, maybe it's been just yesterday, maybe even today. Maybe it's been a month, maybe it's been a year, maybe it's been five years, I don't know. But he's saying, they that sow in tears shall reap in joy. To me, I think that means that if if we're willing enough to go and we're willing enough to weep and to cry and to beg God to do something, do you think God's going to do it? The Bible says that He has His ear inclined to us that He will hear us and He will listen to us. And you realize that God wants to save everybody? But it's up to us to pray for them and to show them and to sow in tears and reap in joy. Verse 6 says, He that goeth forth and weepeth... Bearing precious seed shall doubtless come again with rejoicing, bringing his sheaves with him. You say the first thing, he's, there's a task. He's got to go forth. Do y'all realize that, that you've got to go out and do it? They're, most of the time they're not going to come to you. You realize that? We, like the only time, a lot of times that we want to witness is when the Jehovah's Witness show up at our house. Right? We see them coming down the driveway and we're like, okay, they're here. They're here. And some of you are like, you close the door, you close the blinds, you turn off the lights. We're not home. Right? And then some of the others, you open up the door and you're like, oh, come on in. Get some coffee and give them some cookies. And then you say, this is the last time we did. We had them come to our house. And I said, come on in. And I said, hey, I'll listen to you if you listen to me. Okay? You gotta you gotta let them talk and then you get to talk. You know what they did? They left to scratching their head, and then they went from my house and they went to my father-in-law's house. And he sat down and talked to them, and then I saw them. There was a lot more houses up the road, but I saw them turn and they went back down the road. They told somebody down the road, they said, Man, there's a lot of Baptists out here. <laughs> but we're waiting a lot of times on the lost to come to us. The Bible's telling us right here, the psalmist is saying, go forth, go out looking for them. And he says, and weepeth with tears. You know, in the, in the, in the Old Testament, this is a picture of a man broadcasting seed and carrying the bag and having a hole in his bag. I don't know about you guys, how many of you have ever sowed your yard down? That grass seed's real fine and it'll spread everywhere. But if I'm walking along and I've got a hole in my bag, even though I'm throwing up here in front of me, I'm also dropping seed behind me, aren't I? That's what, the, that's what the psalmist is saying. He's saying you need to be spreading seed everywhere that you go so that others will see. And it, you know what? It, sometimes it falls on good ground. And sometimes it doesn't. But they would say, I read that uh, in the Old Testament, in the Oriental times, so often that they would cry as they sowed seeds because they realized that the seasons were going to be unfriendly and unpredictable. There were going to be storms or droughts and maybe threaten their labor and their toil. And nevertheless, they would continue to sow in tears, knowing eventually that they would reap with joy. Now, I don't know, but there's not too many farmers left anymore that that's your soul. Um, source of income. I can remember Lydia's grandfather, that is all he did for his entire life is just farm. Today you have to work so that you can farm, right? Back then they had 13, 14, 15 children and every one of them helped farm. 
But I can remember sitting with him on the porch and him talking about if we don't get some rain, it's not gonna, this, this crop's not going to make it. If, if we don't get some rain and the soil gets better, then when we plow it up and plant some seed, nothing's going to come up. But if he didn't plant anything in the field, is anything going to come up other than weeds? There's not a chance. If you never sow anything, you will never reap anything. Do you realize that? There are so many people that are sitting in a church house that have never witnessed not one time to somebody. If I were to ask, and I'm not going to, how many of you have led somebody to the Lord, there wouldn't be as many hands go up in the church house as you think. Why is that? Because a lot of times we're afraid to sow the seed because we might, it might not fall on good ground. But this psalmist is saying, hey, you need to go forth weeping. Why? Because you're bearing precious seed. Do you realize that what you're sowing... It's not about you, it's about Him. Jesus Christ sent His Son to die and live a sinless and perfect life. And He lived here for 33 and a half years and died on a cross. And on the third day, He rose again. And that is our seed that we're supposed to sow. It's not about me. It's not about Pleasant Hill. It's not about Jason or Preacher Keith. It's all about Him. We're supposed to sow the seed. And you know what? Sometimes when you sow the seed, there might be somebody that God already has ripe and ready to be plucked. And then sometimes it might be that you just get to sow the seed and you have to go on and somebody else will reap it. But your job is to do what? Sow seed. But the question is, why do we not do it? Why do we not do it? They that sow in tears will reap in joy. So there's a sending of a sower, there's the seed of the sower, and then there's the sorrow of the sower. In verse 4, you notice it's kind of a prayer here in uh, verse 4 in this area. It's never a dry region, but he says, Turn again our captivity, O Lord, as the streams in the south. It's almost as if right here he's praying for another revival. Now, I could ask some of the older ones, and I always love to think about revival, and I love to hear when we're having revival services and stuff, but there's a difference in having a series of services and having revival. There's a big difference in those two things. And if I were to ask some of the older ones in the church that can remember when they got to see an actual real Holy Ghost-sent revival in their life, they can remember it without a doubt. But a lot of the younger ones that are in this church house have never seen that. And they're praying in this prayer as they're going up to the temple, Lord, if you would just turn us, turn again our captivity, O Lord, as the streams in the south. He's like, just praying for another revival. They that sow in tears will reap in joy. And he that goeth forth and weepeth, bearing precious seed, shall doubtless come again with rejoicing. You say, what happens when you sow seed and you put it out there? You're going to come back rejoicing. Why? Because the Lord's going to bless you for doing what He asked you to do. Amen. You get rejoicing, bringing His sheaves with Him. You say, what's that? Well, that's, that's His fruit. He's bringing people with Him that He's been able to lead to the Lord or He's been able to, to help raise up. 
When was the last time that you sowed any seed? There is a promise in verse 6. He that goeth forth and weepeth, what does it say? Shall doubtless come again with rejoicing. Why? There's a promise that if we will go out and we'll sow seed, we're going to come in again rejoicing. I ask you, these sheaves are like the trophies of this. And you can see there's like the thrill of them. It says they, they come in with rejoicing. And then there's also that bearing precious seed, that treasure. The Bible is our treasure today. It should be. I hope it is. This should be your treasure tonight. It shouldn't be. Jason said, you know, money makes things a lot easier. And it, money is nice. And it definitely makes some of your worries less But if you're counting on your dollar to get you through, you're messing up. Because we're not guaranteed that our economy will last till tonight, the end of the night. But if I have my faith and my trust put up in Jesus Christ, and I I trust in Him, and I put my treasures and everything in Him, and I go forth everywhere I go sowing seed and weeping about it, then it says I'm going to bear precious seed, and I'm going to come again rejoicing. When was the last time you sowed seed? I don't know why the Lord wanted me to to go to this passage of Scripture tonight. But if you don't sow anything, you're not going to reap anything. You must sow, you must go forth, and you must... You've got to bathe it in prayer. Do you realize a lot of times we try to go out and do things in our own power and our own self and it will not work? Nothing about me is going to work. It's all got to be through His will and through His way. And if we don't do it His will and His way, then it's not going to work. But I ask you, when was the last time that you wept over somebody that's in your family or someone that you work, you work with? When was the last time that you really had a desire to see somebody get saved? I, it was like I got to go on the first few times when we went to soul winning, going, I know there's a map over here to the side, and we went. And man, the first three or four times that we came, there was lots of people. But then what happens over time... It starts dwindling, and it starts dwindling, and it starts, and then there's like five, six, three, two. Why is that? We lose our zeal, don't we? Because a lot of places we went, they just, they said, hey, I've got my religion, I've got my Bible, I've got this, I've got that, I don't want to hear that. And I understand that, that's fine, but your job is to go and sow seed, right? But then there was also some that went to some people's house and they were like, they were so tickled that you stopped by that they wanted you to come in and have coffee with them or sit down and eat because they were so excited that there was somebody else that served the Lord. The Lord wanted me to remind us tonight that we need to be sowing seed and we need to sow it like a man that's carrying a bag with a hole in it. Everywhere you're walking, you're sowing seed. Everywhere you go, you're sowing seed. Y'all realize we can sow seed at the gas station? We can sow seed at the grocery store? 
But most of the time, you know, used to, we used to, Jason and I used to go to the gym. This was back before they had earbud, or earbuds and all that stuff. And people actually talked to each other at the gym. It was amazing. And used to, people, when you went to the grocery store, would talk to each other. Yeah, hey, how are you today? You doing all right? Now people walk through the grocery store like this, and you're afraid to talk to them. They don't want to talk to anybody. They're texting somebody as they're walking through. But guess what? Sow seed. You never know. You never know what somebody's going through. And it may be that you have the, and you actually do, you have the answer that may be the greatest thing that's ever came into their life. And I wonder how many missed opportunities the Lord will show us one day when we get to heaven that we may have missed. Opportunities that we had to sow seed. He said, if you'd have just sowed over here, I had them waiting on you. The Bible says a lot of times that we don't even get our prayer request answered because we don't, we don't ask. Right? So tonight, remember when you were delivered. Delight in the Lord. Declare the things that He has done for you. And I hope your desire tonight is to get in His Word and read His Word and study His Word and pray. And then after you've done that, go out and tell everybody about Jesus. That's what it's all about tonight. Go out and tell somebody. I challenge you tonight... If the Lord puts somebody on your heart, call them tonight. If it's somebody at work, go talk to them tomorrow. Why? Because there might not be a Friday. There might not be a Saturday. We're not guaranteed another day. You better go tell them now while you can. Because guess what? The Lord's coming back. And He's coming back soon.